Welcome to Activate Your Life. I am your host, Erin Esser, and I believe that life isn't a battleground. It's a playground of possibility where self-sabotage is transmuted into self-mastery. On this show, I share tools such as human design, astrology, inner child, and shadow work that help you disrupt your unconscious programming so that you can begin to experience the life that you desire. Don't forget to like, share, and hit the subscribe button to receive valuable information each week that will change your life. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Hey, this is Erin Esser. Welcome to the Activate Your Life show. And today I have Jess Bubico. And Jess is a good friend and a human design expert. And like, I don't know, I, every, intuitive and so many things. And anyway, I wanted to bring her on today. We're going to talk about a tool that I like to use for self-awareness um, and that's human design. And so uh, Jess has been studying human design now for a good three years or so, right? And yeah. um, and anyway, she's amazing with it. And I wanted to bring her on so we can talk about this amazing tool of self-awareness and, and uh, just talk all things human design. So welcome, Jess. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to be with you today. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for you to be here too. And um, yeah, so Jess, like, what is the thing that you love about human design? Like when you found it, what made you go, oh my gosh, I need to know more about this? Yeah, great question. Um, It's so funny when you said expert, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm totally not an expert. There's so much to learn about this tool and like to continue to learn. I'm like, I feel like I've just scratched the surface in three years, you know? What's different about it? You actually introduced me to human design. You were the first person to say, hey, do you know what human design is? And uh, I was like, no, but tell me more. I want to know all the things. Um, And it was like, when I heard I was a manifester or initiator as it is in quantum human design, I'm like, that's me. Like, that is so me. And like, even just down to the way that I create my business and the way that I um, operate and the way that my energy functions and the way that I feel and the way that I view life, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I need to know more about this because as a manifester, I've never been someone with sustainable energy and I live with all manifesting generators and generators growing up. And so there was so, ju- so much judgment around who I am and how I operate and how I do things. And it's like, so it's been so helpful to understand myself and to decondition myself from burning out. Cause I'd burn out like every six weeks, you know, I'd be okay, let's run as fast as we can do all of the things. And I burn myself out. And it's like, mm. so nice to not do that anymore, you know, and just, I love that. yeah. So it's been amazing. Well, I mean, this is about self-awareness, right? And so what a great tool for you to go, oh my God, I don't have to freaking grind so hard. And then what, you know, collapse for however many days or however long, you know, you did after every six weeks, you know, I'm a manifesting generator and, and I hear you on that. Like, I, I feel like it's kind of, for me as a manifesting generator, you know, with, you know, a defined ego as well. And like, I will say this, one of the most frustrating things about human design, I'll just get this out of the way, is when, it's not, it's not human design. It, it's when people lump generators and manifesting generators together, that just gets me because it, because I'm not the same as a generator and a generator is not the same as a manifesting generator. And like, I get like the foundation is similar and there's so many differences. And so I can definitely relate to a manifester and I can relate to a generator, but I understand like, as I've really tuned more into like my, 
the, the ego, the heart, that, that I did or not identity, but the, the will, the will center. Will center. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, there's one other term that I can't think of. Will. Yeah. And it's like, I can tell when that's depleted, you know, cause I have to find sacral and to find ego. And so there's a lot of fucking power there, you know, with both of those to find, but I can tell though, the difference of that ego center is incredibly powerful and it can go non fucking stop. But when it stops, it's done. And I can tell when I keep pushing it, that's when I get sick and I even have a defined spleen, but like, that's when I can get, I get completely run down. And like you, like feeling like that crash, kind of the crash and burn, even with a defined sacral. Cause I feel like a defined sacral is like, yeah, you can go, but it's not this super, almost like get up and go kind of energy. Like the sacral defined sacral for me, it's more of a sustainable, like, okay, you just keep, you can keep moving, but not at this force, you know, that the ego yeah. also has with it. So I can tell the differing, does that make sense at all? The difference in those percent. Yeah. I'll tell people who are generators or manifesting generators who have a, a sacral or sacral. I'm like, it's not, I don't have one, but the way I understand it. And it's, again, I have a defined will center, so I can push, but you know, to some degree, but it's like a, I call it like a hum or a buzz. Like I had a friend who's yeah. a manifesting generator. We went up to a cabin together with some other friends and she laid down on her boyfriend's shoulder and she like put her feet on me and I could feel her engine. And I was like, I, I couldn't stop moving my hands and my feet. And I'm like, oh, wow. I feel, and like, same with generators. I had a partner who was a generator and at night I'd be like, if we, if he was laying down and I was laying down and he like had his arms around me, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. Cause it's like, I can feel that sacral energy being discharged, but yeah. it's not like, I want to get up and go run four miles. It's like, it's just this general kind of hum that I find happens a hum of energy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And so there's just this differing. And so with that defined ego, it's like, yeah, it's like, you have to pay attention to it. And like you're saying, because it will run out and you know, it's like, it's so powerful, but when it's done, it's done. And it's so important to take a break and to pay attention to that. And I can, t- I, cause I can go. And I don't know if you're similar to this. There's times where I'm like, I'll, I'll keep going. And I'm like, and then at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't feel like I did that much. And then like, I have people around me. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know how you do everything that you do. And I'm like, I don't feel like it's that much. Like, I feel like, you know, <laughs> I think it's the ego. I think it's that ego center, that defined will. Cause they say with people who have the defined will or the de- defined ego center, it's like, you need rest, but like, don't lay down and read a self-help book or like, don't lay down and read a human design book. Like you need genuine unplug, go into nature, go play mini golf, like do something that is going to take your mind out of work mode. And like, you know, that kind of, I don't want to say it's push energy, but I think to some degree it is, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. So yeah, it's different. It's, it's interesting, like differentiating between those, these, those two motors and like going, Oh gosh, it's just a different way that the energy is, is given or is, is theirs is available, you know, to us. But um, what, what did you find? Like when you were going through this for yourself, like what was the most defining moment, like learning about human design for you? I mean, other than the manifester, like, was there a center or was there anything that you, um, that you were like, Oh my God, now I can finally, you know, like give myself permission to be this. Totally. And I want to put a pin in something too, cause you said this before and it's like coming in my mind and I want to share it because I think it's very important around the types and the quantum human design names for the types. I want to talk yeah. about that too. Absolutely. Um, Emotional authority. 
because I was at a point in my life, there's two things. Number one is emotional authority. So Mm -hmm. understanding that I need to sleep on things because I was making decisions and saying, oh my God, yeah. And then I'd be like, oh my God, no. And (laughs) just swinging and like, not good. You know, it's like, I, I would have to like back myself out of things that I would do. And I still do it. I still do it, but not to the degree, degree that I used to do it. Like when everything, I had some stuff go on here last week at the apartment I was telling Aaron about before we started recording. And I was like, I'm out. I'll see you later. And I'm like subletting my place. And I'm like, Jess, you are in your emotional wave. Take a step back. Give yourself a few days to process this. You know, then the next day I'm like, but I could stay. So it's still like, I have to work with it and understand it's a mind to me. It's a mindfulness practice. It's like, what does that feel like? What does it feel like to be on a high and say yes, but also feeling like your feet aren't on the ground. It feels like when I'm in one of those, um, I don't know if anybody's ever been to Six Flags, New England, any of uh, oh. but you're in like a roller coaster where your feet are dangling and you have like the thing on over you. It's like, yeah. what does a yes feel like when you're in that? Like you're in that high versus the yes, like you're on the ground saying yes to getting on the roller coaster, you know, and you're, mm. you're all about it. That's a good analogy. Um, yeah. But I, I wanted to bring up something that you mentioned about generators and manifesting generators not being the same. Yeah. And I study quantum human design with Karen Curry Parker. And there's a reason that I chose to study quantum human design with Karen Curry Parker. I think she has an uplifting perspective on human design that gives us language that's actionable. Sometimes when we look at traditional human design, there's nothing wrong with it. But when I look at like the gate, I think the gate 63 is the gate of doubt in quantum or in like traditional human design. Mm -hmm. And I have people who have that in their purpose that go, Oh my gosh, I'm always stuck in doubt. Like, and what does that mean? And like, how am I supposed to make doubt my purpose? And then Mm -hmm. when we shift into quantum human design, it's wonder. And we get to see that it's all about using the mind to explore potentials and to be in this state of wonder. And so it gives us this actionable, you know, Ross spoke to the not self theme when he created human design, because so many of us at the time that it was downloaded through him to and through him. So many of us were in the not self theme. Yeah. We were living and look at what's breaking down and how the structures are breaking down. As we were talking before, I'm thinking to myself, wow, the world is not designed currently to handle this, us living our design fully. Like it's just not, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's getting there, but it's currently we're breaking, breaking it down. But the reason I love quantum human design is because we've taken the word manifesting out and we've taken the word generator out. So instead of these five archetypes, having even words that make them similar, Or having languaging where people go, well, I'm not a manifester or a manifesting generator, so I probably can't manifest. Yes. Yeah. Like we've taken the language and gone, a manifester is no longer a manifester. A manifester is an initiator because they're here to throw the ball. A manifesting generator is a time bender. Why? Because they're going to skip a whole bunch of steps and figure out what they need to go back and do. And they're here to teach us how to do things more efficiently and more effectively and like get shit done you know, and like fast track a lot of our processes. When we look at the generator, they're the alchemist. Why? Because they are going to build something and they're going to alchemize what we have and they're going to turn it into something sustainable and something that we can all, a foundation we can all work off of. A projector, like what is a projector, right? It's like, they're now the orchestrators. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're going to take everybody. They're going to bring us together and they're going to orchestrate something bigger. 
Yeah. And then when we look at the reflector, which I think sometimes reflectors, they're like, you're just here to reflect to people who they are, which is true. And they've now become a calibrator because why are they reflecting to us who we are? They're reflecting it to us so that we can recalibrate ourselves to our highest potential. So I like the new language because I think it brings in, it's more descriptive of what it is. I love that. And it's like, for me too, it's almost like a, more of a poetic, like I can really resonate with those. And it's, it's for me too. It's almost like, um, you know, like the gene keys, right? Like I love reading the gene keys even more so than I'm, I like the, the codes, you know, for the gates for human design, even though it's a similar energy, but the way that Richard Rudd speaks on it, it's like, Oh, it literally like shifts like my whole lens, my whole perspective on what that is, especially bringing in the the shadow to the gift to the city. It's like, oh, okay, now I can really see where I'm at in this spectrum of energy that is that is here, that is within me so that I can become more self-aware and be like, okay, I have this in me. How do I want to express this? And, you know, rather than getting like stuck in one word or like you're saying, you know, with like a manifester and how like some words and I, well, I think it almost speaks to the time that we're in too. Like we're literally having to shift. If we keep doing things the way we've done them, it's not going to work anymore. And so how can we shift even just words, right? Like how can we shift this word to go, Oh, this is more expansive. So now this is going to allow us to actually enter in a whole new world because of a word shift than we could have even before, you know? Totally. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, and, and when we shift our words as well, and we shift our understanding of ourselves as well as other people, we start to stop trying to use a wrench to hammer a nail into a wall. Like we mm-hmm. stop even in our relationships with people trying to shift other people or like we start to, I feel like the lens starts to open up and we go, whoa, everybody here is designed to be different. You know, I, I have a good friend who you know as well, who her entire chart she has two channels that are defined and they are both the gnostic channel which is the knowingness channel which is designed to receive and download new mutative information from gus as i call it god universe spirit and now go out become an expert in it Mm -hmm. and bring forth a new way of doing things she doesn't have she has an open emotional center And she doesn't have any of the circuitry, like centering circuitry or anything like that, that's going to allow her, that's going to make it natural for her. She can, it's not going to make it natural for her and her go-to to be like, how are you feeling? Can I hold space for you? Let me feel into you and feel what you need. You know why? Because she's not going to be able to bring a mutation forth if she's constantly having to sit in people's stuff and feel into it and hold space for them. She's designed by nature to help bring this mutation through. Whereas I have, I have all, I have all the, the, I don't have any logical circuitry at all, but you know, I have the aura, you know, I have the centering circuitry and I'm here to feel into people and feel where they're out of alignment, call them into higher purpose, make sure the tribe is taking care of people feel good as well as having some of this, uh, you know, receive from Gus and create new. But if I'm trying to, be logical, which was what I did in my speech therapy career. I'm just not going to feel good. Like I don't, it doesn't feel right. So I feel that, you know, and, and with like that friend, it's like, I'm not going to go to her to dissect my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to share with her 
and I'm going to see if she'll hold space for me because she does, but I'm not going to go to her to dissect what I'm feeling. I'm going to go to somebody who wants to do that. And that feels natural for, you know? Yes. No, I, I love that. Like, that's one of the biggest things about human design that I love is, you know, it's, it's what I hear you saying is now when we start to really see somebody for who they are and how they are designed, the expectations then can start to go away. We can start living in more harmonious relationships and more fulfilling relationships because now we know like, oh, okay, that's, that's who she is or he is, or, you know, who they are. And so now I know like there's nothing personal anymore. It's like, this is how they were designed. So this is what, you know, this is what I can expect from this person. And this is what I know not to. So if I'm going to expect something from somebody that's not built in that way, I'm only hurting myself. I'm hurting the connection because it's just never, it's not natural. So how I see this is too, is like getting back into our most natural, like God-given like state and honoring that. It's like going to a blueprint of a house. I I think about this every time I think of like human design as our blueprint, because the house that I lived in in South Dakota, one day we were down in this, in the basement, it was an old home and we found the original blueprints to the house. Wow. It was so, it was just really cool. It was like, it was like, oh my gosh, it was like a little treasure, you know, in the house and, you know, and the original builders and all this stuff and like the actual framework, you know, of the house. And there were sheets upon sheets upon sheets of, you know, the blueprints of, of this home. And, and it's like, that's how I look at ourselves. It's like, oh, okay. Like, gosh, if we know the blueprint of who we are, we know now how we were built and I'm not going to expect to go into like a space in myself or somebody else and expect there to be something that's not there. Just like I wouldn't expect to see a framework of a house going to my living room. And just because I want there to be maybe a bay window in there, well, there's not, that's not how it was fucking designed. you know what I mean? Or like, I mean, it just, it's like, now I know like, okay, it, it just sets the acceptance of ourselves and other people for just who they truly are. And to honor from that space rather than expect something different. So totally, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Um, I'll share something with you that I was noticing today that I think is so profound about what you're saying about the blueprint and like conditioning. So we talk on human design so much about conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You and I, just because we're friends behind the scenes have talked a lot about dating and relationships mm-hmm. and an area that for me, like dating, I'd be like, I'm good on my own. Like I'm a single definition initiator manifester. Like I'm good. (laughs) I don't need to be in a relationship. And what I find is that when I actually allow myself to go back into the dating world and the dating arena, which I haven't like over the past probably year and a half, I haven't done a lot of, um, especially just given COVID and everything that's going on here. Yeah. There's so much conditioning. There's this flip that happens into don't share that. Try to be that. Try to be this that I don't know is there unless I go into the arena. Right. Yeah. I don't know it's there because it's like, if I'm not going to the pizza shop, I don't need to bring my lactose intolerant uh, lactate with me. Right. I don't even right. need to know if it's in the house, something I'm not using, but it's the same thing with dating. And for me, it was like, I had to flip into this space for myself of, oh my God, I don't even want to go into that arena because then I have to deal with all the conditioning that's there. Yeah. I'm just going to avoid it at this point. And so it's been interesting to take the knowledge that I've gained, especially over the past year and a half, because this has been a pivotal year in terms of human design for me and go, how do I apply this to dating? 
how do I apply this? You know, especially as a manifest or woman, it's like, here's what I'm informing you that I would like to do. Yeah. <laughs> here's what I'm informing you projector man, who's going to play Cinderella and I'm going to play Prince Charming. Like I am informing you that I would like to go out with you or really starting to play with these yes. concepts in yes. e- everywhere and like follow the blueprint everywhere. And like, I was talking to some girlfriends last night who are still in their nine to five jobs and they're still kind of following the rule book and where when something falls, they don't know who they are. You know, they, they don't. And I'm not saying that if you're in, you're in a nine to five, you don't know who you are and you don't know because I don't think that's true Yeah, in the places where it's like, I'm going to skate by, by following these rules and I'm going to build wealth and I'm going to build all these things that I, you know, can, can build myself up on. It's like, well, where do you think that angst is coming from? You know, where do you think that anxiety or that depression or that fear is coming from? It's all that stuff that's underneath the surface that doesn't feel good, but you're doing it because the reward and the reinforcement, you know, of financial gain or success in society or getting Mm -hmm. the thing you're supposed to get. It's like, it's, there's nothing wrong with it and there's no judgment, but it's like, what happens when we unpack, you know, what happens when we lose our job and we lose our partner and we, you know, that traditional, like, what is it? Midlife crisis at 40 where shit starts to fall apart. It's like, what is under there? We need to know, we need to know what's under there and guess how we start to do that. We start to look inward. We start to use like tools, astrology, all these different things that are going to open our eyes to oh, that's why I haven't felt felt satisfied. And oh, that conditioning, my dad's not going to love me if I choose to follow this path and, you know, all these things. So So, I don't even know where I just went with all of that coming out. But (laughs) following the blueprint. And like when we don't, like when I hear from that is, is also, it's like when we're following these rules that have been set up, these constructs, right, of in, in society that actually promotes the not self I feel like it really actually promotes the not self for all of us. Like when we just are adhering to that, because it gives us a sense of an illusion of safety, a sense of safety. If I just play within these rules, then I'll get what I want, you know, kind of thing. And like, what I hear you saying is like, life doesn't work like that. Like it it just doesn't, especially now. I mean, I mean, this is beginning of 2021 currently. So, I mean, we've all gotten the vision, the 2020 vision of 2020, right? Like of shit's not working the way it used to work. And we've got to shift and to know who we are by using these tools, right? Like you're saying astrology, human design, like, you know, we're talking about today is essential if we really truly want to be grounded and be that calm in the storm. And, you know, and I, and I, I think so many people are looking for safety and security And so it's like grasping onto something. And right now, what, at least this is the experience I've had and just watching people and it's painful to watch. It's like grabbing on and trying to hold on to something that they hope is steady or hope is like real, right? Want something real, but there's nothing to hold on to anymore. I mean, there's nothing there. And so I feel like when we don't know who we are and we haven't understood that, like, to come back to ourselves. It's like, it's life just shows us these things until we come back to ourselves. And, you know, you mentioned midlife crisis and Uranus has a lot to play in that. And it's funny. Cause you know, you're saying Uranus, <laughs> you're on the Uranus line or whatever right now too. And it's like, it shakes shit up because Uranus is a great liberator as well too. Right. And so like, I mean, and even 
I don't know if um, it's interesting. I don't know if quantum design like does this with uh, planets. Is that the chart? Like, okay. So the only thing that changes the language really, and just the languaging. Yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah, so it's like, it's like, you know, the, I love the planets too. And, and, and how human design is really a synthesis of like so many things, you know, like astrology as well in that, you know, and, but anyway, yeah. Coming to Uranus, it's like, over that Uranus is too. And the chart is like, that's where, you know, it's a great liberator. It's, it's, you know, I don't know if you realize this. I think I might've shared this with you before, but just a little bit of trivia, but Uranus in Greek means heaven. And so it really is that heaven, but we've got to endure the, you know, the craziness because it's going to flip everything upside down that we thought was truth. And it's going to make us reevaluate our whole fucking life, you know? So yeah, totally. And you know what I think is cool? Like if anybody is listening to this and being like, oh shit, you know, like, oh man, what I found is that in the places, it's no surprise to me. I picked my Uranus line for my Saturn return either, where I was like, you know, wanted to come in and now I'm here again this year. Um, yes. Well, that's all karma and Dharma because Saturn, oh my God, that's so crazy. Anyway, another conversation. (laughs) (laughs) What I find is interesting about this whole thing is that if you're in that place where you're going, oh shit, it's like we're being, the heaven we're being invited back into is ourselves. And it's like, I know this arm because it's attached to my body and it's been here the whole time. And if it had been covered up, right, like I had a dress on with my arm tucked into the sleeve and I thought I only had my right arm or something like that, I might be like, oh my, once it's presented to me, oh my God, what is this thing? What am I going to do with it? Oh, how do I move it? You know, my, even my brain might have, might not be able to move the arm as well because it's Mm -hmm. been, it's been constricted or confined for so long. But once I start to make those connections, right? The brain is, we have neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. I'm going to suddenly be like, whoa, I actually feel more in balance having two arms. Whoa, look at the things I can do now that I couldn't do because I thought I only had one arm or, you know, silly, yeah. kind of a silly analogy. But at the same time, you know, if your life is getting shaken up mm-hmm. and you're discovering things about yourself and you're discovering things about, um, you know, you're losing things that you thought that you knew about yourself. Like the invitation again, is just to come into what, and, and again, in the moment, we can't always do this, but like, what's going to be gained that maybe mm-hmm. I haven't allowed myself to experience, you know, what's, what, what beauty is coming of this? Cause like you said, even Uranus, it's like, it's the great liberator. It shakes us from the things that no longer serve us. So um, anyways, I think that, uh, I think as the structures continue to fall, um, it's very important as well. Just, I want to shout this out, especially on the day that we're recording this, that it is very easy to have cognitive distortions, exaggerating things in our minds, catastrophizing things in our minds, having black or white thinking, thinking uh, my friend, Lisa Marini is a brain health coach. She's amazing. You could check her out on Instagram, L Marini. Uh, and I think that's her website, almarini.com as well. Um, and she talks all about cognitive distortions, but it's like mm-hmm. black and white thinking. Oh, it's the end of the world. You know, we're either in a state of safety because everything is staying together and looks the way it did before. And the ribbon is tied around it. Or it's hell because catastrophe, you know, it's, it's chaos is breaking loose, yeah. you know, going down the rabbit hole, these kinds of things. And this is where I think de- regardless of your design, it's like developing a mindfulness practice and different things that you can do. I love that. S- yeah. So that you can navigate these times 
when things are blowing up, because I, I don't know about the Bible, but I know that like many places, many different religions and cultures have prophesied this time coming where it's going to feel more like heaven on earth, but it's going to feel like a, it's going to feel chaotic before that, you know, there's always chaos before there's structure and order. So, you know, do what you need to do, resource yourself so that you are able to really be with what's happening within Mm -hmm. yourself on a macrocosm, microcosm level and with the world on a macrocosm level. I love that. I mean, because it really brings it like, you know, like just from the micro to the macro, like you're saying, like, how can we use the self-awareness you know, by using these tools to get more grounded in the self, to be able to be more present with the times that we are living in. I mean, cause really like it or not, like we're living crazy fucking times. I mean, this is nuts. And, you know, to know who we are, to develop mindfulness practices, like you're saying to really like, you know, like one of the things that I use human design and astrology for is to help be a mirror. Like here's a new mirror to yourself of what you weren't mirrored back this from your parents, maybe from other caregivers, from teachers, from, you know, they did their best, right. But they're human, you know, they, they, it was a lot of projection. It was just conditioning, you know, here's your mirror now. Now, where can you give yourself love and acceptance that maybe you weren't able to before? And we can start the reparenting process because if we learn how to reparent ourselves, that's when we're not going to be seeking safety, security, and this black or white thinking that is really a trauma response, you know, that it's like, now we can heal these places within ourselves and become whole. And when we do that for ourselves, I believe it's our natural inclination that we want to help others. Then we can't help others if we just are struggling to survive you know? So these tools are so, it's not a tool for the sake of a tool. It's literally a tool that it it just has, it can, has this possibility of this huge effect on how it can really like transform our, not only just ourselves, but the people that we come into contact with, you know, also. Hey, this is Erin Esser. And I really hope that you are enjoying the show. I wanted to ask you this question. Imagine what your life could be like if you knew your purpose. I work with astrology and human design as tools of activating your life. I'm able to pinpoint specifically where in your life are your challenges and limitations, and then also be able to pinpoint where your dharma is, where your freedom is, where your liberation is, what your purpose is in this lifetime. For more information on my karma to dharma readings that dramatically shift people's lives, Head to my website, erinesser.com, or you'll find the link below. Now back to the show. Totally. And we can start seeing each other coming together by way of how are we designed to come together? How are we meant to come together? Because I really think, and I know you talk about this as well, it's like, I think this time is pushing us to come into our own sovereignty at the end of the day, to come into who am I and how can I truly step into my own power and how can I truly become who I came here to be on this planet and um yeah just really step into my own truth so um and again as we move into what Karen Curry Parker calls the quantum economy you know this is going to be a time that's much more about well-being yeah. as the currency in the mm-hmm. world than it is about you know a couple mm-hmm. people holding the power you know it's it's funny to me too because I even see some of the shadow in in human design language where people are like, 
there's no use for manifestors or initiators anymore. They're no longer the rulers of the world and they're no longer, you know, I've seen this kind of language and I'm like, well, that's if we assume that the model stays the same, that we have rulers of the world where there's someone on top, right? Because we're thinking, oh, well, the orchestrator is going to be the one on the top. And it's like, no, we're going to be all working together because listen, nature's smart. If something's not meant to be here anymore, it's going to wipe it out. You know, when we look at forest fires and people go, oh, forest fires are so bad. Well, nature's clearing itself. It's burning itself down so Mm. it can regenerate and regrow. And so I think we have to start looking, even from a human design perspective, at we can't take the structures of the past and start to project them onto what the future is going to look like. We have to start using the tool in a way that empowers us to know how to make decisions and listen to our intuition and use our gifts and know what our gifts and our strengths are and know where we need help and you know these kinds of things because what we're creating and what we're co-creating, we have no idea what it's truly going to look like at the end of the day. And I don't even think it's set. You know, I think there's yeah. so much malleability in it at this point. I agree with you, you know, and, and just, you know, even within human design, right. The cross of the sleeping, this cross of the sleeping Phoenix, right. Coming in 2027, right. We've got this time to build and like, it's this malleable, like it's, I really feel like we have so much more, um, say, um, Mm -hmm. but it's really in the energy. Like, how do we want to express the energy, the archetypes, the, whatever the gates, whatever we want to say that are in us, you know, where we possess all of them. How are we wanting to truly consciously choose to show up in that energy and use that energy? And like you were saying, like, we all need to work together. It's like the body. It's like, you know, my left hand can't work without, you know, I mean, very effectively, like my right hand can't do all the fuck, the whole thing, right? Like all of yep. this, or my left hand's gonna be like, wait, what the fuck, you know, like it, it takes every part of our, of ourselves, of our body, of our, you know, and it's in its fractals, right? It's like, but it's like, it takes it working all together like that and acknowledging every piece of the puzzle for us to come together. And like, yeah, I love how you're saying too, like not projecting from like what we know is what we know and what we know though, isn't going to work moving forward. And so to be able to really be like, okay with that, you know, like, and there's a lot of fear around that. Right. Because even if, even if we don't like the structures that are set up right now, at least we understand and, you know, we can be comfortable in our uncomfortableness, you know, we can be, you know, and so I feel that comfort right now, like, again, like, oh my God, if you're comfortable, you're going to get shaken up. I'll just say that like, and, and it's okay. It's okay. Embrace that, you know, like understand what's happening versus thinking like, what's wrong with me? Like what's wrong with this world? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? It's like, okay. Yeah. There's some, you know, there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of chaos, right? But what can come from that? You know, on the other end of the spectrum, and you mentioned this before too, at the other end of, this, the, of chaos is order and we have to swing. It's this, it's the pendulum. It is yep. the pendulum. And so it's trusting the process of the swing too. hundred percent, which can be very hard, especially if you've okay. become accustomed to, to like, this is how it works. It's interesting when you said, um, I love talking with you because I feel like I always have like, stuff come through when I talk to you, but it's interesting because when I, um, when you said the, when I think about this idea and for those who are listening, who don't know about human design all that much, 
we're moving from a time period where everyone was under this incarnation cross as a nation and a world called the right angle cross of planning. And if you look at our structures, if you're like, I don't know about human design, you know, like, I'm not sure, like, it's all about planning and structure. And it's all about, it's tribal. So it's about creating structure and creating plan that is going to help the community and the tribe. And what we're moving into is the right angle cross of the sleeping Phoenix. And when you said that, there was a couple of things that came to mind. Well, what is a Phoenix? Hmm. It rises from the ashes. What creates ashes? Burning shit down. And I don't mean that from like a literal perspective, though we are seeing that happening. And I think it's no surprise people are translating some of this into physical matter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But what rises is the sleeping phoenix. Well, what is sleeping? Sleeping is unconscious. So it's like this unconscious thing is going to rise out from underneath the ashes, right? And I believe that's on the microcosm and the macrocosm. Our shit is going to get burned down so that more can, so this, this force that we didn't even know existed within us, this resiliency, this vitality, this deeply unique and connected self is going to rise out of the ashes for everyone in whatever way, as long as we allow the structures within ourselves to fall that have, you know, maybe kept us. Otherwise we're just going to be fighting to keep the house up. Right. So it's like, I think it's a choice as well, but if you can think to yourself as things maybe start changing in your life or things that were working don't work anymore, or the relationship or the job that you had that you thought you were happy and doesn't feel good anymore. Can you remember that there is that resiliency within you? There Mm -hmm. is that sleeping Phoenix within you and that this is an opportunity to not fall victim to the changes that are happening, not to fear. And I don't, I don't want to say like the cataclysmic changes, because I think that sounds doomsday, but whatever the changes are for you, just might be waking up one day and going, man, really not all that happy in this life, you know, and what do I do about it? Instead of going back to sleep, right? We have to let the Phoenix rise and what's going to allow that Phoenix to wake up. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, and I think that we all, I know for myself, we all have places within our lives that we need to wake up. You know, it's not just like, cause I know most people who are probably listening to this are probably like, well, I'm, I'm already awake, you know? And it's a, for me anyway, it's levels. It's like, there's nuances to that. Like, okay, maybe in one area, yeah, I'm pretty like aware, but we only know what we know and we Uh don't know what we don't fucking know. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I wonder, like one of the things that I say too in the mornings, not every morning, but I try as often as I remember to do this is, as I wake up and I'm like, show me what I'm not seeing, show me what I don't know. Like, so that I can stay in this space of vulnerability rather than going, Oh, I'm already awake. Oh, I'm already do this. Oh, I already do this, you know? And, and so I can stay in this space of like, okay, life, show me what I don't know. Like I want to know because I only know what I know until I don't, until I realize I don't know. And I wonder what else could be there for me. I wonder what else I could like, you know, um, what other world could open up if I just shifted my lens just a little bit, you know? Um, And then a whole new world would open up, you know, from that, who knows what else is possible, you know, and that when we step into our life in that way, rather than being like, "Eh, I got it figured out. Like, I know it all. I I never do that at all. 
I don't either. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for the people who do because no. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All just, those people. I'm like, yeah, I still wake up and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. Like show me. And sometimes when the dominoes fall for me too, I'm like, what's going on? You totally. know? Oh, absolutely. You know, and we're human. And I think that that's the beautiful thing too. It's like embracing our humanness. This is human design, right? We, we are human beings with a spirit and with a body and with we're navigating through this life in this, in this form that we're in. And, but yet we know now the, the, the owner's guide The we know our own owner's guide. Like we know, mm-hmm. like even our children's, you know, owner, like manuals, like how, what is going to make them tick? What are their gifts? What is their purpose? The energy of like what they're here for, right? Like what is like, who are they, you know? <laughs> and then we can allow people to have and give people permission to be who they are, you know, our children to be who they are, us to be who we are. And then maybe we can stop projecting on all of our leaders to show up when in a way that we actually need to be doing for ourselves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this quote that I posted on Facebook. I'm going to see if I can actually find it. Um, But it was something that I had posted that I saw on um, this book that I'm reading and the book is called um, things you can only see when you slow down. And I think his name, I don't know how to say exactly correctly, but I think it's Heyman Sunim. And title. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because this quote to me is something where I went, Oh yeah. Like, and where am I still doing this? Um, being a critic is easy, but if the critic tries to run the operation, he soon understands that nothing is as easy as his criticisms. Criticisms without solutions is merely an inflation of the critic's ego. And I feel like what you're saying, right? We criticize these politicians. We need these people to show up like this or this person to show up like that. And we need this to be this. And and it's like, what are we doing? Like, I have to ask myself that. I mean, I literally had this thought the other day, like my first line of self-defense is my cell phone. Like, do I know how to self-defend myself? No. And then I'm like, why am I expecting somebody outside of myself to do it for me? You know, just with everything that's been going on. I'm like, we need to learn how to take care of ourselves. And again, like, yes, human design, everybody is designed to do something differently, but like, let's also look at the aspects within ourselves where we are expecting somebody else to, you know, I'm designed to work more in spirituality and like supporting people in spirituality and bringing through these higher perspectives. And I still need to take care of myself at the same time. You know, it doesn't limit me to go, well, I can only meditate with spirit and levitate off the earth. It's like, you have to take out the garbage, right? Like, I got to take out the garbage. I got to make my bed, you know, like I got to do all this shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Until, until we live in a world where that's no longer something we need to think about, which I hope one day it is a world we no longer need to think about doing those things, you know, but, um, I just think it's really easy to look outside of self and project. I know it's easy for me to do it um, mm-hmm. as a human being, yeah. um, but I think it's our time to step into our sovereignty and really take our power back that we have unknowingly given away because of the structures as they were. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it is time. And it's like, I think one of the things that I like to do too sometimes is like going, okay, like if something's really bothering me of somebody else or like, you know, post I see online or whatever it is, I'm like, okay, 
and it, this isn't always true, but it's like, where is this showing up in my life? How am I doing this too? Mm-hmm. Is there an energy that's like, I mean, this is like shadow work, right? One on one, right. But like, it's so beneficial though, on it, just to pay attention to that mm-hmm. and to listen to our own body's response to the world and going, Ooh, I wonder why, why is that showing up right now? Like, I wonder what's going on within me that I'm feeling this right now, or that, you know, that this fear is coming up or this anger is coming up and, and to really identify our emotions as well. I think being emotionally defined too, you know, we both are like, that has been life-changing for me. Like when you said that you're like emotionally defined, I would say that was my first thing too, because Mm -hmm. I thought something was flipping wrong with me for so long. I was like, I know if I go to a doctor and I tell them like the highs and the lows and all these things, they're going to, they're going to label me as manic depressive or bipolar. And I am going to be on medicine. And I know that that's not me. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Cause I don't want to, it's just not the route I take, but like, and I've seen that with so many emotionally defined people is that that, I mean, it's, it's so prevalent. Like I want to do a class on it at some point. I don't know, maybe it's something we can do together. I'd like, love to find, because I feel like 50% of people are emotionally defined. And I feel that like, I know for me, I literally innately felt something was wrong with me. And then mm-hmm. I turned like down, I turned off like my emotions for a long time. I thought I did. I just repressed and repressed and repressed because I scared myself with the intensity of how I could feel and how I could react to people around me, whether it was my kids, whether it was friends, whether it was like partners. And I was like, what is happening to me? Like, it was like, I'd almost like lose myself in that process and then come back later and be like, and I talk about this, you know, in different ways, you know, and different, like different things I've talked about it in, but it's scary to be in that space. And then to be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then I remember my mind trying to intervene and be like, okay, trying to find something. I'd try to find something in my environment to be like, well, I'm upset right now, or I'm sad right now or whatever. There's got to be a reason for it. So I would try to find a reason and whatever we're looking for, we're going to find, right? So I would find something to blame a situation, a person or whatever, rather than going, Oh my God, there's something happening with in me though. And so now how do I want to navigate through this and really move with this wave of emotion that's happening so that this mutation can actually occur you know, and, you know, to have those experience and I have the 3955 channel, you know, and it's just like, it's intense, you know, and it's, and I mean, when I would get in that mode too, that provoking channel, oh my God, like I know now, like when I'm in that, when I'm in like more of a level, like not in the low wave or whatever, when I'm in the high, I'm okay. Like I provoke people and people are like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And people have all these, like, you know, cause it's provoking to spirit. Right. You know, but like, but when I'm in the low part, Oh, I can provoke. And people are like, get the fuck away from me. And I'm like, get, get the, you know what I mean? Like, it's just totally, it's not, it's not healthy. And so, you know, when I started to understand that and, and play with the energies and really navigate them in a conscious way, it was life-changing. My relationships changed my children. Like I changed because I was like, Oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I just need to learn how to do this. Like I just need to, you know, um, navigate through these. And that was so powerful. And I just feel like everybody that is emotionally defined, like just the, the benefit of tr- understanding that wave, 
like you change not only yourself, but you, you literally change your environment too, because people are going to be like, oh, wow. Like, okay, I'm not scared to be around you when you're in your emotional <laughs> way. Totally. <laughs> and, and yeah. I think understanding what your emotional wave is about, because I just had an, an, an aha moment and I wrote it down. That's why I pulled out my pen because mm-hmm. my emotional wave has all to do with relationships and boundaries. You know, I have the 3740, which is like, you need okay. to have clear agreements with people and clear agreements mm-hmm. in your relationship. And where do I go off track? There is honestly the place that gets me the most emotional is relationships. Mm-hmm. And so even understanding and having that data point to go, Jess, you're in a low and maybe some of some of where it's coming from is something that's not being spoken in a relationship mm-hmm. or someone's upset with you because they had an expectation that they didn't voice to you. Yeah. yeah. So there becomes this, again, what feels like a roadmap to change relationships and shift in relationships. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what I have found. We were talking about this earlier I have found when my relationship with my parents, I had so much friction in my relationship with them because I wanted them to get me. I wanted them to understand me. I wanted them to see me and I wanted them to get this work. I wanted them to be, to be transformed into seeing and understanding spirituality. And to some degree, my mom does now, but this has been years. And when I first got into personal development, I think my relationship with my family got worse because Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, there's a lot of personal development stuff you'll see out there. That's like, if they can't accept you for who you are, then just close them out and shut them out. And I literally had to take myself to a point to say, what's important to me is love. And I love my parents. Like I really do. And the older I get, the more I love them and the more I care about them. And the more that I say to myself, man, I want to have a relationship with them for me personally. Cause for years I was like, these people don't get me. No one gets me. Mm. And I had to go back and go, what agreement are we making in this relationship? Am I agreeing for these people to be the people who see me and get my spirituality? No, the agreement I'm making is I want to be able to share love with these people. I want to be able to share connection. And I had to go back and look at the boundaries so I could create a healthy relationship. And it's the same thing with that friend that I was talking about earlier. It's like, I know I can't, it's not that I can't go to her for those things, but what agreement am I making here with this person spoken or unspoken? Mm -hmm. And is it an agreement that I want to be in? Do you know, do I want to be, you know, and I'm not saying I'm thinking with her, do I want to, or do I not? But I'm, what I'm saying is like any friendship, it's like, so what's the agreement I want to make? And then we stop looking outside of ourselves for the Prince Charming to come or Cinderella, who's going to fix everything. We're going to fall madly in love and our whole life is going to feel good. We're going to be on cloud nine. Um, So even just understanding where my emotional wave gets triggered Mm, and getting really clear on boundaries. Boundaries has been the hardest thing in Mm. my life to figure out, but agreements and boundaries and who am I? I mean, it's tribal. What tribes am I a part of? And Mm. all of that, it's like, oh yeah, that's a good place when my wave gets tipped off as well to go. Is there something unspoken that I need that I'm not sharing? Talk about awareness. I mean, that is such amazing self-awareness right there. You know, it's like, cause you're taking it in and going, okay, what, you know, what, what was 
like you said, spoken, unspoken that I need to go back to and kind of retrace your steps is what I hear, you know, and that was, that's triggering something that's coming up right now, rather than trying to find something to like, you know what I mean? Just that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's amazing. I never really thought about it like that. Like as far as the, you know, cause now I'm trying to think like, okay, 3955, what could that be? And like, I have the 36 too, you know, from my, uh, solar plexus, you know, it's like, Hmm, like, crisis, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually, I want to look actually really quickly because if you're open to me sharing, are you open yeah. to me? Okay. For Let's, sure. um, my computer is running on overdrive today. I don't know what's going on. Um, okay. So let's look at the 3955 in, in, um, uh, uh, quantum human design. So this is called the deliberate channel of deliberate creation. Mm. It's a part of the individual or knowing channel, the Gnostic channel, and it's transformative. So this is the ability to consciously harness emotional energy, Mm -hmm. to stay in a state of expectation and faith as the foundation of creating in the world, the ability to realign a situation with a higher frequency of faith and possibility by maintaining a high quality of emotional alignment. So it has to do with sufficiency and trust. So I would be curious for you to look at, because the unbalanced expression is creating from a place of lack, hoarding, worry, indecisiveness, um, blocking the flow of sufficiency because of a belief in lack and low quality emotional frequency. Mm. So, um, and it's energy mood fluctuation. It's also here to be mutative. So you're into your, um, your emotional wave is deeply mutative as well. Like it's, it's here to bring change and transformation on a grander level. So, I mean, I would look when you're in your own emotional wave too, like, am I, am I in trust? Am I in sufficiency? Am I, um, is there something in this relationship? If you're having a a quarrel with your child, is there something in this relationship that's actually not aligning to a higher principle at this point in time? Um, you know, because The purpose of the provocative energy of the provoking is to restore things to flow and return us to spirit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's very creative. It's a deeply creative energy and it's also, um, it's, it's alchemical, right? You're taking something of a lower energy and transforming it into something of, I don't want to say a higher frequency, but to some degree, a higher frequency. So, you know, sometimes we need that energy like we're seeing right now. As we go through this time, we need something to provoke us and it might not be comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's the thing too. Like when I I've learned too, that, um, when I'm going through my wave, I try to, um, I'll move my body, um, a lot, I'll go for walks or whatever, but I get very contemplative and I'll go in and I'll play music. Sometimes I'll just, I'll just get lost like in the music because everything is a little bit more, you know, it's just more intense, you know, so everything mm-hmm. is even more beautiful too. If I'm in that mode of that, of allowing that, I'm like, okay, I think I'm in my wave now. Like, what can I do to like, accent, almost accentuate it, you know, to really bring it out and to, um, I'll write or, you know, play like play my bass or just do something, you know, like something mm-hmm. musically or something like that, that, or move my body that I can just, move the energy through as well too and allow some sort of creative process or some sort of shift to happen within me or music or whatever and it's just I I was actually experimenting it was probably about a year ago I was like can I create to just create not to record not to share nothing just to fucking create 
you know? And it was a real, it was an amazing experience. And I was actually in my wave and, and I was playing piano and I just, there was a freedom, almost a liberation in it just because it was just for me. It was like literally just for me. Like there was no show, there was no nothing. It was literally, it was just, I was able to let go, but it took a while to get to that place of like, it was levels of like letting go, you know? Um, totally. And um, so, yeah, that was, I remember, I remember that time and it was a really beautiful, almost, I don't know. It was just a very like sacred time that I had, um, you know, with myself at that night. Totally. Yeah. So. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about, it doesn't have to be about making necessarily always like taking new action on it. It can just be about being with yourself and seeing what's coming up and just, yeah, playing. I have a, a client I just talked to the other day. She has both emotional waves, uh, uh, individual emotional waves. And I'm like, girl, just, you gotta, you know, when, when you're in it, you try to, if you, and and I think that we see too, like, I think our emotions are our power, right? It's a wave. Think about it. It's a wave force. It's a pulse. Yeah. I think a lot of people try to stop it. And it's like, right. it also takes away our power. I think to some degree, if we try to numb it out, cause I felt the same way. I was like, why am I so emotional? You know, I have my mom's emotional, but my dad and my sister are both open, mm. uh, emotional centers. Okay. It's interesting when I think about that too, and how that plays out in our family dynamics, but I'm like, mm. you know, how are we, you know, how are we viewed for having this emotional wave and who we are and all this kind of stuff. And then looking to them being like, why can't I be like them? You know, mom's got an emotional wave and I do, and we seem like the crazy ones in the household, but you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's power in understanding what it's about and not projecting it onto other people, but working with it on our own. Yeah. Or shaming ourselves for it, you know, too, right. Thinking there's something wrong with us, you know, because it's like, why can't, why do I feel so intensely? And like, I don't know about you. I can't fake my emotions. You know, I can't, I mean, it's all over my face. I am not one that like, if I am upset or if I'm not feeling like, you'll know know it. I don't have to say anything. And, you know, like, it's just something I can't, I can't mask that, you know, and I've always been fascinated by people and there's no shame. I've just been fascinated by people who do that, who are able to like, literally like just put on a hat. I'm like, Oh my God, like, how do you do that? Like, I just, I can't do it, you know? So anyway, but, um, (laughs) well, oh my gosh, I loved this chat with you. Like I, gosh, I, yeah, we could talk forever. Um, I I know (laughs) so much richness and goodness and, um, and yeah, if whoever, like, I know you're starting a class here soon. And like, if, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or have a reading with you or like explore, like the classes that you offer for human design, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can find me at, um, I would say on Instagram at Jess Bubico, B-U-B-B-I-C-O, or you can find me on my website at Jess the Intuitive, which is going to change over to Jess Bubico. So just a heads up, if you go to JessTheIntuitive.com and you can't find me, go to my Instagram and you will be able to find my website through there. So um, I have classes coming up on intuitive development for practitioners who are, um, you know, working with peak coaches, things like that, who want to learn how to connect with their intuition in a deeper way of classes on human design, things like that. So you can feel free to find me wherever. Jess is amazing. And yeah, I vouch for her and feel completely yeah, like you're amazing. So I just thank, thank you. you for coming on today and um, let's do this again. I would love to do it again. So totally. anyways, have a great one and thanks guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time.
Thank you for joining me on today's show. To learn more about Activate Your Life podcast and my YouTube channel, just go to erinesser.com. Download the free gift at erinesser.com backslash healthy hyphen boundaries. That is all for now. We'll see you next week.